0: Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all
1: things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today at the end of the episode, my daughter is going to record Try Not to Die at Ghostland, the first chapter for you guys. She will narrate it. She's very interested in podcasts and how they're produced. I've asked her for a long time to try to help me out. The podcast is growing. I'm finally over a thousand downloads per episode. That's awesome. Another reason why I'm very excited about Liv reading the China Diet Ghostland to narrate it is because I haven't been able to convince her to read it yet. She read Ghostland before I did. In fact, I had to apologize to her for the scene where the nun eats a penis <laughs> but she refuses to read my work i think she doesn't want to be critical of it i'm not sure exactly why or she just thinks my writing sucks and she hears about it so much in the car and everything else that i don't know she just doesn't want to read it that was one of the reasons why i was surprised she would actually narrate trying to Die ghostland because she hasn't read it yet i'm anxious to see her response to how she likes the story i think she's going to really dig it. i think she should have fun with it so Hopefully, she will enjoy recording it. If she likes it today, I'll ask her to do a couple at a time, and we'll see how long it continues. The professional audiobook will be produced, but in the meantime, let's see how my daughter does with trying Not to Die at Ghostland. So, vacation was awesome. We finished up our last three days of Wyoming at the Brooks Lake Lodge. That place was awesome. But... I did something stupid. Yeah, big surprise there, right? Totally enjoying vacation. We did white water rafting. I was a little bit worried about my knee there, but there's no reason to be. I was tucked into the boat. That's so secure. No worries there. Walking around, no problem. Everything was cool. Enjoyed it. Good time. But on the final day of activities, I wanted to go on a big hike. The lodge was at an elevation of 9,200, and the hike, I think, was another 1,400. I was excited about going on. I used to love hiking. Thought it was going to be awesome. Even put on one of my two braces. I was like, "Oh, it's not like jujitsu." I was like, "Jujitsu, I need two. On a little hike, I need one." But I wasn't really thinking about how hard of a hike it was going to be. And it had the ground was so slippery, so muddy. Both of the guides said they hadn't seen it that bad before, and neither one was that confident going up, and they were afraid it'd be super slippery on the way down. That's when I revealed I have a bad knee. I didn't think about it. I thought it was going to be no problem. I just said, no, let's not do it. I said, we should just turn around now. It's already getting kind of iffy. I could imagine on the way down, that would have been a scary thing. And then if I got stuck up there, they would have been, I mean, they would have been able to call in help or something, but they weren't going to carry me. But super cool experience. That lodge is awesome. Really loved it made some cool friends. I think one of the coolest parts of the trip was connecting with a couple of the families. So being able to see both my son and my daughter connect with other kids, get excited about spending time with them, want to do that more than just being in their room or on games or whatever else. That was super cool seeing how excited they got and then also feeling the same thing when we connected with another family. So I'll get more into them later but The connection with that family led to another try not to die idea. This time, my son is not bitching at me for taking on another try not to die. He also didn't get mad at me for the Yellowstone one. At least he hasn't said so yet. I think he's going to enjoy thinking about that place. He absolutely loved Wyoming. He said he liked to move there. He he said he would even want a job there teaching archery or anything like that. He was able to see people really enjoying what they're doing. And that's pretty cool. The reason he doesn't mind the other Try Not To Die is because he wants to remain friends with that family. He wants to see them again. He had a great time with them. So, all very cool. If you get a chance to check out Wyoming, I suggest you do so. It is not the most diverse area I've ever been to. But I'm from L.A. and things are a little bit different. So, And people, people reacted a little bit different to my tattoos and everything. But overall, whatever. I think I've won some people over. I think people that might have been a little judgmental, I changed their mind. And maybe I didn't because maybe they found out about the shit I write and that I wrote Ain't No Messiah and I'm going to burn in hell because whatever, who cares? One of the things I was happy about was, you know what? I'm teaching my kids like, really, who cares? Who cares what we look like? Who cares what other people look like? Who cares what they think? we're about like, none of that shit matters. Like be comfortable in your own skin. Be cool. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. And uh, yeah, so that was fun to do. I think my daughter might have been the only person in town with blue hair, but again, you know, be yourself, do yourself, whatever. In addition to thanking everyone for subscribing to the podcast, for downloading, for listening, buying books, audio books, all that kind of stuff. I sincerely appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who purchased a copy of Try Not To Die at Ghostland. Left a review, a rating. It's doing incredible on Goodreads and Amazon. So thank you guys. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I figure people would. I think the book is pretty awesome. I think Duncan Roustan did an amazing job. I think the cover looks fucking awesome. So all the way around. Very cool. Try Not To Die at Ghostland. And... So I showed you guys last week, but I want to show it off again because why not? Try not to die at Death Fest coming up. I should be getting another copy in a couple of days. As soon as I get that copy, I am going to order these. That way, I have a bunch of copies to hand out to give to bands, to give to DJs, to give to my loyal band, super fans, only super fans, because this just gets expensive. But same goes with Ghostland. I'm going to have those copies in. I've already promised some copies to people. I will try to remember to get those all sent out. It has been a little bit hard getting back into creative stuff. I wanted to finish up trying to dive back at grandma's house. But because I was doing different things. One, just not feeling creative at all. Feeling kind of drained. is probably just a letdown from the vacation. And coming back to a smoggy ass gross God damn when I saw the air quality when we came in town I was like let's just get the hell out of here but anyhow I don't know what I was saying I'm sure it wasn't that important I never have anything too important to say but I do appreciate all the support. I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week but I have set the price of trying to die at grandma's house the first book in the series to 99 cents I was like oh I'll make a little bit more attractive lure you sons of bitches in and get you hooked on this little bit of crack But the really cool thing to see with all these reviews is just people getting excited about this type of book. Not only trying to buy Ghostland, Ghostland being awesome, them wanting to go read the Ghostland trilogy if they haven't yet. For sure people are doing that. And then some people that are coming from Ghostland or just running across the book are very happy about the format. They're really enjoying it. It brings them back to being a kid again. So that is super awesome to see. Very encouraging. And yeah, I got a lot to do. So even though I didn't get, I did more clerical stuff this week, got a lot of back end stuff, Try to make some of the Amazon pages look a little bit nicer, marketing bullshit, keywords, all the stuff that I really don't care to do, but someone's got to do it. In addition to that, I did do brainstorming on trying to dive back at grandma's house and figuring stuff out. Like, okay. If I just finish this by the end of July, that's fine because I don't need much time to have it edited because the main story was pretty much done. The first chapters 1 through 8 are they've been finished. I'm just adding on two scenes so I'll have to have those edited and then all the death scenes. But So first things first I have to knock out the main story. That way I can put those last two scenes up on Vela. Then a month after that I'm allowed to release it in Kindle format. So that is the plan with that is not going to be a very long book i'm guessing it's only about twenty thousand words maybe a tiny bit less it's probably yeah, about a third or half of, of one of the shorter try not to die so but i'm going to have it out in print and i think i'm going to set a release date for halloween and then i'm going to connect with evan see where he's at with his trying in a dark fairy tale and the earliest release for that would be christmas if we get If we could get that out for Christmas, that'd be awesome. But if we can't, and if we need more time and we want to have a better launch and we put it off till next year, that's fine too. Uh, Also came up with my list of the other books that should be published next year. Man, we had a lot. I'm not positive we will release them all. But again, if one or two of these six, five or six books isn't released, that's okay. That's awesome. You know, that's still a lot of books. And so I'm seeing the growth of the whole series with each new book, especially going with the different genres. This next one is going to be all heavy metal people, and that's who I'm really going to be going after, heavy metal fans that like to read. Maybe they don't like to read. Maybe they don't know they like to read yet. Maybe they want to hear it in audiobook. One of the biggest compliments is when I hear people say, I never read anything. I like to watch TV, but I just kept reading your book. Whenever a non-reader tells me that they finished my stuff, I think that's awesome. Those are exactly the type of people I want to reach and anyone else who wants to read the book. So pick that shit up. That is all on marktulius.com. That's where you could find all my books, but all my stuff's on Amazon. So recap vacation. Awesome. Wyoming fun, pretty cool, fresh air, all kinds of different ways to diet Yellowstone and that surrounding area. And Very cool that I was able to come up with two new projects. So pretty cool how it all worked out. It's not like I was trying to create anything new. I was just trying to relax, trying to enjoy everything. And that's what developed. And it just made me that much happier. So excited about that. I won't work on either of those projects for a long time. But, you know, if those both come out in 2025, 2026, that'd be awesome too. So got a lot of cool stuff ahead of me. I'm very excited about it. As soon as I put this thing out, and I'm back at trying Not to Die at Grandma's House. I want to uh, yeah, get this main story going. I think it should be fun. I think the ending sucks. I think it's pretty brutal. I think, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how many fans I lose. Might lose a couple, but that's okay. I'll get them back. All right, let's do this. Try Not to Die at Ghostland, narrated by Lib Tullius. Hope you guys dig it. Have an incredible week, and I will talk to you later. Peace.
0: Ghostland Opening Day, April 20th, 2019. Everyone I know wanted tickets for Ghostland on opening day. It's like Jurassic Park, but with ghosts, the ad used to stay, before they got sued and had to stop. They claim it's a haunted theme park, only not like something out of Scooby-Doo. According to the website, it's this huge 108-acre park filled with haunted buildings and cursed objects. Who wouldn't want to see actual ghosts in real life? Even I thought it sounded awesome, and I'm a huge wuss. So of course, opening day sold out fast. Ask Lucky, Gabby said the day the tickets went on sale, three of us sitting in her room. My name is Lucy, but everyone's called me Lucky since forever. My parents and little sister, all the kids at school, my teachers and track coach, even my boyfriend. Gabby was sitting in Jordan's lap at the computer trying to get tickets that day and I was sprawled out on her bed texting Eli after football practice. When I switched places with them and went from this event is sold out to hurry, only four tickets remaining. I bought the last four, which is exactly how many we needed. Ask Lucky. I've always had good luck. I don't know what it is about me. Not like win the lottery good luck, just things always seem to kind of work out for me. It's hard to explain. Take yesterday after school. I was so excited to go on our little road trip weekend to Ghostland that when I saw Eli parked across the road, I ran out in front of a school bus and would have gotten run over if my feet hadn't slipped out from under me. I sat there, staring down at the laces on my shoes, feeling like an idiot for nearly getting myself killed, but even worse for falling like a doofus in front of the whole school and the rest of the track team. Mm. As a runner, I should have known better than to leave my laces tied loosely. But if they hadn't come untied just then, I would have been roadkill instead of just painfully embarrassed with two scraped knees. See? Lucky. We got to Ghostland just after breakfast, and we've been walking around for a bit, but not very long. No ghosts yet, just this hologram of the guy who invented the park and some other holograms here in the visitor center. It's kind of interesting so far, like a museum of all things supernatural. I like the old photos of ghost hoaxes. There's a feature on the Scottish lady, Helen Duncan, who took photographs of herself with ectoplasm coming out of her nose and mouth. It says they put her in prison for practicing witchcraft in 1944, which seems weird because it's pretty obvious that the ectoplasm was actually just some kind of fabric. My first reaction is to think that people were way more gullible in those days. But then I remember the internet. Hey, Lucky, Eli calls over. Come here. He's standing with Gabby and Jordan in front of a glass case on a stand. The excitement on his face giving him those dimples I fell for in sixth grade. The three of them are watching this three-foot-tall sailor doll dance like it's doing a TikTok. It stops dancing the second I take off the augmented reality glasses that gave us that mission. Is just sitting in its chair with its weird little sort of monkey face. They say the ghosts in this place are safely contained by something called a recurrence field, like animals in invisible cages. Only they call them spectral beings on the fold out park map, forced to repeat the same things on loop. It all sounds like a load of bullcrap, as my dad likes to say, but when I settle the glasses back down on my nose, the doll's back up on his feet doing a jig. So is it real or is everything we've just seen holograms i can't say for sure that creep with the thin perv mustache who welcomed us at the park i'm pretty sure he was a hologram but the rest of them i don't know it's almost like being in a real life video game yo check this out jordan says waving us over he's standing in front of what looks like a real haunted house this place isn't like disney World. When you go there, you know the haunted mansion and Cinderella Castle and all that stuff was built to look old. Here at Ghostland, at least according to these videos we watched on the way through the Visitor Center, these old buildings were taken down piece by piece and rebuilt here. This house Jordan's calling us over to see is probably older than just about any house in the town we grew up in three states over. I wouldn't doubt for a second that it was haunted before they brought it here, and from what they showed us in the videos, they captured all the spectral beings and brought them here along with the haunted buildings and cursed objects like that dancing doll. But like I said, I'm skeptical. If I didn't flunk out of a physics class and ruin my GPA, I'd be on my way to Ivy league college for chemistry on a track and field scholarship next year, instead of sticking around for another semester to make up the credit. All I had to do was ask for help and we'd be going off to college together, but I couldn't swallow my pride, I guess. Legion House, Eli says, reading the sign. The Ghostland Tutorial. It's tutorial. Gabby says, like tutorial, but also a tour. That's stupid. You're stupid. Rent a room. I tell them, pretending not to be jealous. They're always going at each other like that. About a dozen of her so-called boy toys back. Gabby used to date Eli, only for like a week or two. But I almost never forgave her for it, considering she knew how I felt about him even back then. They both say they never hooked up. They were 13, so I guess it's possible. But still, sometimes I get a little worried. Anyways, she's been dating Jordan since last year, when they met at a cheerleading practice. They're still on the team. Jordan's a base, and Gabby's a flyer. Let's go in, Jordan says, already on the porch steps. We all make to follow Jordan inside, and I'm steps behind Gabby when a cold, clammy hand grabs my wrist. I spin around, expecting to see some rotten-faced zombie that broke out of the recurrence field, but it's a sweet little old lady in a black dress and a veil that probably dates back to the 1800s. I figure she must be an actor in one of the exhibits, like the Wild West one I saw on the map. You've been touched by the ethereal world, the old woman with the powdered face says from behind her lacy black veil. Huh? I don't know what else to say. The astral plane calls out to you. You must heed its call or suffer immense consequences. Come on, Lucky, Eli urges me, standing in the doorway with the others. Seeing them gives me the courage I need to jerk my wrist free from the woman's cold, bird-like grip. Whatever, weirdo, I mutter, and head up to meet the others. You have a gift, my dear child, she calls after me. Soon you will be called to use it. Okay, Boomer, Jordan says, and Eli and Gabby laugh. I can't even, Gabby says, taking me by the hand. I mean, honestly, Lucky. I feel bad for the lady, looking up at me through her veil with her powdered face and sad, dark eyes. But maybe that's part of the show. They pick some random kid to mess with, make them feel like they're special or part of some drama that's going on. Like that time we went to that Halloween haunt, and the killer with the chainsaw decided to creep up behind Gabby all night long and scare her with a blast of the saw to make her scream. Just for curiosity's sake, I know, curiosity killed the cat, but I can't help myself. I raise my glasses for my eyes, and the old woman vanishes from where she was just standing. I look down at my arm where she touched me, where I felt her touch me. But it's impossible, right? How could I have felt her hand if she's a hologram? How could I have felt her hand if she was a ghost? When I lower the glasses again, she hasn't returned. It's almost like she was never there to begin with. I hug my arms to my chest as a shiver passes through me. You come in luck, Gabby says. The boys are already inside the Legion house. We follow them in. In the foyer, a curved stairway leads to a second floor landing. There's old paintings with really intricate gold frames on the walls and a box with what looks like VR controllers with little lights on the ends. We each take a pair since that's what the sign said to do and follow the arrows to the next room. We flick the controllers on, and the lights on the ends glow red, the left, and blue, the right, leaving trails in our glasses when we move them around. It reminds me of that time Gabby convinced me to do an edible, and I got high for three whole hours. The tutorial is actually kind of interesting, even though I agree with Gabby. It is a stupid name. It's introduced by the Ghost Brothers, Ian and Jake Gallagher. I've always thought they were kind of cringe, especially with the catchphrase, let's go check out some ghosts. But after that, you follow the tutorial around this big old scary Victorian house, using the controllers like ghost hunting equipment to learn stuff about its history and hauntings. Dishes rattle when you point the blue controller at them. Chairs slide in and out and the chandelier shakes. Then all of a sudden, this beautiful porcelain-skinned lady from way before we were born appears above the dining room table floating in a big old petticoat dress. She has a shimmering glow and you can see right through her. And when she appears, the numbers on the red controller shoot way up. The ghost brothers say this is the EMF meter, which measures changes in electromagnetics. It's really kind of creepy because the ghost woman just looks over all of us gathered around her in a big crowd, addressing our AR glasses, pointing our controllers, and she doesn't say anything. Maybe she can't speak. Maybe they didn't give her a voice. Or maybe she's just silently judging all of us, like I feel the gorillas at the zoo seem to be doing. This is lame, Jordan says. Let's bail. Gabby and Eli agree, but I'm kind of interested to know more about her. This Ellen Cavendish, who was the sole heir to a textile fortune? Oh well, I can Google her later. I follow the others back into the floor, and we head upstairs and open the door at the top that leads to a hallway with doors on each side. There's nobody up here but us. Everyone else, including the Ghost Brothers holograms, is still down in the dining room. I pull the door shut behind us so no one, or no thing, can follow us in. You guys think the stuff is real? Eli asks, glancing back from up front. I don't know, Jordan says right behind him. That chick was pretty creepy down there, though. I thought you said it was lame. Gabby rolls her eyes back at me, the last in line. Eli opens the first door on the right and leaps into the room, aiming his controllers like a cop in an action movie. Nobody in here, he says. This one's just an empty closet, Jordan says, holding open the opposite door. While Eli and Jordan head up the hall, opening more doors. Something about this closet holds me in place. It's empty, like Jordan said, just a bare floor and some shelves. I don't know what it is about it, but I have a weird urge to step inside and pull the door shut. I get these weird urges every so often. It's part of the luck thing, I think, but it's hard to explain. The therapist I went to a couple times when I was little said it's intuition that everyone has it. I didn't like him much, and after I stopped talking about the weird urges, my parents stopped making me go. Attention all patrons, comes a crisp female voice over the speaker somewhere in the house. This is a general safety announcement. Exhibits will be shut down for a brief period of time due to routine computer maintenance. Gabby and Jordan moan in disappointment. During this time, we ask that you please follow staff members to the exits in a calm and orderly fashion. Exhibits should resume shortly. However, if you're unable to wait, the cost of your tickets will be refunded at the front gate. Thank you for your patience. The lights on the wall shut off all at once. It's pitch black, just long enough for someone to sneak up and shove me in the back with both hands. Stop it, Eli! Huh? Eli says as the lights come back on. He's way over near the end of the hall, standing in front of another open door. Jordan's across from him, standing beside Gabby. Their mouths drop open and they're looking at me like there's a ghost standing right behind me. The skin crawls on the back of my neck and I want to run, but like in a nightmare, I can't stop myself from turning around. A boy about my age, and not much taller, his hair slicked like Elvis, stands right behind me, staring in my eyes. He would have fit in well at that breakfast place in Duck Falls we stopped at on our way here, dressed like a kid straight out of the 50s, just like the 86 diner supposed to be. Blood drips from a slit across his throat onto his striped bowling shirt with the name Darren embroidered on the lapel. And the white t-shirt underneath, both of which are tucked into checkered pants with a braided leather belt. The vintage is pitch perfect and it's a very realistic wound prosthetic, something that would kill and face off that reality game show. I can literally see his trachea under the torn skin and blood. Strangely, the realization that he must be another one of the actors doesn't do much to lessen my fear. (laughs) <laughs> nice try, I say, doing my best to pretend he didn't just scare the hell out of me. Down the hall, Gabby lets out a nervous little laugh, gripping at Eli's arm. It's so quiet in the hallway, I can hear the leather of his Letterman jacket crackle from her grip. The lights flicker again, and maybe it's a trick of the light or an afterimage of, on my eyeballs, but in that split second standing there in the dark, I swear I can still see the dead kid. It's like he's wearing some sort of glowing the dark body lotion, sparkling like a twilight vampire. When the lights come back on, he's still staring at me. It's unnerving, and I'm just about to tell him to get a life when a scream from the main building stops me. It's quickly followed by two more. Then it sounds like the whole world is screaming, one voice after another. Something's happening out there. A suicide flash mob, like they talked about on the news? An active shooter? Gabby calls my name behind me sounding about as scared as I feel right now, only I can't get myself to move. And she's already following Eli and Jordan reluctantly to the door at the end of the hall. Come on, Luck, Eli calls out. The dead boy doesn't blink or even move. But finally, he opens his mouth to speak. Get in the closet, Lucky, he says, nodding towards the open door. Now. Time to make a decision. Follow my friends and turn to page 121. Or hide in the closet and turn to page 208. Two.